we could stop right now. And all I would have to do is maintain, like, you you know, get bug reports, maintain it, improve it a little bit, but it's done, right? However, that's not what we started this for. So from our perspective, we will continue to improve, maintain, and build new things for the for the brokerage. But our goal is to build an incredible consumer experience, which is keeps the agent in the center of the transaction and puts in, like pieces around them for their use. And, and the ideal consumer experience will make it so that the agent can pick and choose what they want to use. Like, you you know, you guys know that not every agent is going to use real mortgage. Not every agent is going to use real title. We get it. We don't need every agent to use real title, real mortgage. We just win a couple percentage points. And that will be more than what the brokerage makes right now. From an economic standpoint, like we don't need massive penetration. We don't need 100% adoption. You're listening to the number one real estate podcast in the world. We talk with real estate professionals all across North America about their wins, losses, lessons, and stories help you win in your local market today. My name is Cody from Sheridan Street. I'm joined with Vikram Deal of the Real Estate Sales Academy. Vikram, what's happening, man? You're back in Medellin. I'm in in Canada again. I'm very jealous that you're back in Medellin, but what's happening? What's good in your world? Uh, Well, last week was, you you were there. Last week was the Rise Conference with uh, Real Brokers. And, you know, I've never talked about I've never, I don't know that I've, maybe three times out of 200 episodes, I've mentioned that I was part of this company, right? Because it wasn't something that I I knew a lot about. It wasn't something that I felt like I could communicate well. And it's not something that I really wanted to get into. And after the event, right, seeing Sharon cry, having Tamir, who's the one of the co-founders, fly in from a, a country that's at war, leaving his family behind, leaving his his kids behind, his, his his loved ones, his wife, and seeing the level of love and appreciation and growth and just what they're doing for agents. Bro, like 2015 to 2018, we sold over $150 million. I have $0 left from my two different brokerages from all of that, right? We were, we were one of the top teams, right? I have $0 left from that. There's nothing left from that, right? Those transactions closed. I paid my fees. My team paid their fees and we went on with our way. We were talking to 20 agents a day about our listings, about buyers, sellers, right? All of those people we could have attracted into our ecosystem. And let's say five, 10% of them saw the vision that I missed with EXP, right? Which it wasn't the right cultural fit for me, but like, damn, dude, I just feel like such a scumbag for not knowing more about this company because agents are focused on transactions whereas real is focused on long-term growth. And dude, I, I, I cried at the event. Like I got to speak at the event on sales training, which was super cool. Like, you know, I had like a hundred people in my DM say, Hey, we want the training. And I think there's only like a hundred people in the room, which was insane. Like, you know, it was like 80% of people are like, we want new sales training. But I'm like, damn, man, like, how do we get them more sales, but keep their wealth growing at the same time? Yeah, it was it was amazing, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, we uh, man, we had a uh, great time at the event, too. It was, uh, you know, we've done a we've done vendor events before, uh, you know, with Sheridan Street. But the level yeah. uh, the, the the type of people that real is attracting right now, like the teams that they're attracting, the the forward thinking that they're attracting. We just had so many freaking good conversations with agents that are just like people focused and 
technology focused and, you know, growth and legacy focused. And I think that speaks a yeah. lot to the leadership team at, uh, at real. So, you know, I want to hop right into it because I want to, uh, you know, I want to give, uh, uh, you know, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of intro our guest today because I yeah. think that uh, this is going to be a special one for anyone listening. Well, I'm super pumped. We got our, we got, so on this podcast, so this is episode probably 220, 225 that we've done in the last one year. So you guys, if you're listening to this um, and you haven't gone back, go back to episode 200. We had Dan O'Neill. Go back to episode 100. We had Tamir. We had Sharon, right? These are people that are they, they're not looking at the real estate space in the traditional way. And today we have, which I can't believe we have him because he was the number one coolest dude at the event. Um, everybody was like, we we love this guy. Um, the the funny thing is, is he's a CTO, which means he's like the chief technology offer, but he was also the coolest, the realest, the most open Right, the funnest. He was on the dance floor at the at the neon party, dancing it off like it was amazing. And um, I get to introduce our CTO of Real Brokers, Pratesh Damani. Hashtag forget Pratesh on Instagram. Um, but Pratesh, welcome to the RE Agent Podcast. We're we're pumped to have you. And uh, I know this is Cody's jam talking about tech and back end stuff. But um, share a little bit about how you got, like, share how you got from where you were a couple of years ago to being the CTO of one of the fastest growing brokerages in the, uh, in the world. Um, well, thanks for having me guys. Um, it's, it's going to be fun to talk about a kind of a lot of stuff. Um, you know, two years, two and a half years ago when real bought realty crunch, which was my company. So my background is like, I can build things. I can build things. And I joke with my friends that I'm an engineer who learned how to sell. Right, so <laughs> my my previous three so things w- wicked, were wicked wicked skill set, man. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, when you're building stuff, like you got <laughs> you can't just build it. Like, we're talking about yesterday. We were talking about some, you know, value of time. Right, when you're younger, you have too much time <laughs> because <laughs> your brain is just, like, say you're twenty, your brain is only seen twenty years of time. Right, when you're forty, years go faster because your brain perceives time differently. Right, so. Uh, and the value of time, the one thing that you can't go get back ever is time, right? Everything else you can get back. Time is the only thing you can't get back once it's gone, it's gone, right? So we, you know, going back to your question, when um, Realty Crunch was acquired by Real in um, January 8, 2021, I was making the same bet that you guys are making, right? Like you saw EXP work. And, and you're like, hey, I like the model. I like the fact that re- the agents are partners and it's exploding. You can see the growth. You know it works. Um, for you guys, it was cultural. For me, it was like, can I build what I wanted to build at real? Because I was building like the perfect buyer platform. Like what's the perfect buyer experience? If I'm buying a home, what's the perfect experience for me? Right. So we were yeah. a consumer product that was like, imagine Pinterest and Slack put together for real estate. Right, okay. and now I, I would add agents to it. I would add mortgage loan officers to it. I would add the title people to it. I would add the insurance people to it. Whatever, and like everybody's collaborating. Oh my god! So you start I, from I, I, I just I just saw I just I just had an aha moment from the conference. Exactly. So that so that is it's still dots getting connected, right? So when I got here, we realized that the model is great, but for us to like the success of the agents sometimes is the success of the company. But sometimes it's not. And I'll explain what that means. So 
we share most of our revenue with the agents. There's a revenue share program, right? So like a large portion of our revenue goes back to the agents. And then, and then there's a portion of the revenue that's used to run the company, right? The company is only going to be successful if, if the enterprise value of the company goes up. The enterprise value of the company only goes up if the profitability of the company goes up. For the company, for a company that's operating on a margin like this and the model like this, the prof for to increase profitability equals to scale and not hiring people. Right? I mean, people are the most expensive like thing that exists. Period. Right. Yeah. So, so then that's where technology kicks in. So we decided like, okay, while Samir really wanted to build exactly what I was literally exactly what I was building, but not inside the brokerage. I was outside the brokerage. He was inside the brokerage, right? But our vision is super aligned, exactly what we wanted to build. We consciously decided like it needs to wait before we build. We need to build a scalable brokerage first because we will never get to build what we really want to build, which is great right. for the agents and great for the consumers or the like, you know, who are buying homes if we don't actually succeed in the business itself. Got it. Right. Because what you guys are doing is you guys are streamlining, and this is what Sharon talked about a lot. He says, we're trying to streamline the process from agents to consumers to escrow to mortgage, title, like all the clunky pieces of a transaction that are going to outside parties. He said, we need to bring that into a streamlined process so that the consumer has an easier like buying a house doesn't have to be so hard and the agents don't have so much complication. Agreed. Because real estate's so hard. Real estate's hard. It's like, A, it's like the oldest profession, maybe the second oldest profession in the in the world. You know what I'm talking about. But like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this, this joke went well here. I, I use this joke somewhere else. <laughs> Nobody registered it. I was just like, such yeah. a waste of a joke. I'm like, kidding. Me. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got it. So, you know, it, it's the longest running transaction, right? When you when you go withdraw money from your bank, that's one of the smallest running transactions. When you're buying a hall, it's the longest running transaction, right? Like, yeah. and uh, hundreds of things can go wrong along the way. Um, yeah. And it's anxiety-driven. It's extremely anxiety-driven. Oh, my. For the totally. agent, of course, it's anxiety-driven. The agent wants to close the deal. I get it. But <laughs> imagine the buyer. You've all been buyers on the other side. Even Bro, for they, you, even today, if you buy a hall, it will so be anxiety they're so stressed. They're so stressed. So, and and that was the goal, right? So even Real has like this this new, you know, company tagline or motto, which is the real estate experience company, right? The idea is to create an experience, whether it's for the agent or whether it's for the consumer. It's still an experience. And it's all tied together, right? So going back to like February, we said, okay, we want to build this, but but we might not even get to build it if we don't solve the right problem at the right time, right? So we said, okay, let's take a step back. Let's evaluate what a five plan, a five year, six year, seven year plan looks like. And I know it's crazy to even think seven years, but you can like have goalposts. You don't need to know the details. Right. You can have like big goalposts that you set. So goalpost right. number one was like, let's scale our back office. That was goal number one. Goalpost number two was let's reduce our reliance on third party companies. And and it's a strategic right. move. You would think like, why would you not just pay four dollars or seven dollars a month to a third party company and just license the transaction platform? The problem it's $4 is four dollars times fifty thousand agents, exactly per month, um, and it's millions that, of dollars. Even that you can maybe eat it. Other people eat it, right? Like you can eat it. But strategic value of the data is underestimated when you truly believe in yourself. Right. So what does that mean? If you don't even have, 
if you know that if you had that data, you could do some crazy stuff with it, right? Then you need to get that data. And in order to get that data, you have to have this massive investment in building stuff that worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Like to give you perspective, you, um, Vikram, you use our, the tech right now, right? It's a straight up Dartloop competitor. Dartloop was bought by Zillow for like a hundred million dollars. I get, I get that the total value of the purchase is not directly attributed to the technology. It's like the adoption, so the, the use of, you know, the data, everything. I understand that it's not, the technology isn't worth a hundred million. I get that, but it's worth, right. pick a number, right? Well, follow up so, boss just got picked up by Zillow for a half a yeah. billion dollars. Exactly. So, I mean, um, and again, that, 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 so can Zillow build a CRM? Probably. Is it, it's always build versus buy plus the data. Um, there's at least a few million dollars of valuation attached to the technology itself. Right. So, right. um, so when we decided, okay, that's our second goalpost, right? And it's a strategic goalpost where the whole company has to be so aligned and, and business people with the business hat on, um, need to be even more aligned because, because it's easy to pull out an Excel sheet saying, Pritash, you, you're asking to spend 5x million dollars compared to the X million dollars that we can just lease this software. So we're spending more right. money to build and we're, we're introducing more and more risk. People are going to be very unhappy along the way. Right. And you have to truly believe that you're going to actually succeed at the end and not give up. And that's where trust comes in, right? It's, it's about like the trust in the team, the trust in the people that this guy's not going to sleep until it's done, right? So, I mean, literally that, that because how can you make, because if, yeah. like, let's just say, let's just say devil's advocate, right? We, we make this decision, we're going to write our transaction platform. It's mired with bugs or it's like, it's shitty, right? What's the outcome? Right. Agents unhappy leaving. And what, you know how this goes. Once you have this drop where people like start leaving because it sucks, it's like also it's hard like to this get it thing, back. right? Like it's hard to get them back, but there's a follow effect. The follow effect yeah. is like Vikram left out of frustration, there's something wrong. I'm going to also start thinking about, you know, that follow effect kicks in, right? So it's like just one big team leaving all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, what's wrong? What am I not seeing, right? That kind of stuff. There's so much risk in building this thing. And that's why most brokers you will don't even consider it because they're too scared. That's my thesis. That's my thesis. My thesis is like, it's just, it's scary to think about It's it's hard, hard, but like, it's hard, but it's not impossible. Like, I did it. Someone else can do it. Like, that's how I think about it. Like, yeah, you know, we did it. You know, like we, we were talking in the green room and I, you know, I don't know Tamir is like now that I know Tamir more, you know, because of the event and because of our relationship, having him on the podcast and seeing him a little bit, I, I would have asked him different questions <laughs> because now I understand the brokerage model a lot more, but it's not like most people aren't tech first like no. there's other cloud-based brokerages out there right like there's other ones out there and and if that's a better fit for you guys like by all means go find what's a good fit for you but the the whole model here is like the rev share is like what you guys keep as a company is so low compared to what most like i was with many traditional brokerages they kept everything you know, we paid them mm-hmm. 15, 16, you know, I mean, one of my brokerages, my, for my team, my entire team, no matter how much we did, our split, including office space was 60 K a year. So what, no matter what, if we did a million dollars or we did 150 million or we did a billion, I was paying them 60 K for up to 10 agents. And I got zero back from that. In fact, they would get on my case about my social media. They would get on my case about your brand, your image. It's not the, it's not the way the brokerage wants it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not my that's not my team. 
And so like what you guys are building in the background with the tech is so different than what most models of thinking are because when you're always inside the, you know, if you're always inside the glass, it's hard to see from the outside in. And most people in real estate, you know, one of the things that I think hurts most agents in real estate is that they've only seen for the last five, 10 years from inside. I only want to go to a training company that is real estate only. I only want to do real estate only, real estate. I'm like, guys, we got to get outside of ourselves to see what the world sees because our industry is antiquated and people are sick of it, which is why companies pop up and they do so well so quickly. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, like I, I think that view about the looking at being outside the glass or inside the glass, right? Um, even when we when we try to get um, individuals to join us, we try to find people outside of the industry. Really, and it's right? Like a Why? Very, it's a very okay. risky decision. Yeah, um, but we want we don't want people to come in with like a traditional mindset. Are you we talking about? Are you are you talking about like the specific people that you guys look to recruit and hire? Like for real, like, like, I guess like walk me yeah. through kind of like, cause you guys have, have exploded for people that I don't know. You, they've like, e- even over the last 14,000 agents. Yeah. 14,000 agents. I think like last year you guys were at like, what, like seven, 8,000 agents, 6,000 agents. So like, w- like, what do you, like, what do you equate aside? Like, you know, technology aside, you know, cause we're, I want to keep, I want to keep down there, but what do you think has been the catalyst for that explosive growth in such a short amount of time? So we and I will say, I always say this out loud to our, each other because it reminds our, us of like this mission that, that we are on, which is um, they will, people will join for the model and stay for the technology. That's it. Join for the model, stay for the technology. So people who joined in early, early phases, like new comparable business models and knew how they worked and they knew what the outcome would be. It was, they, they just had to believe in themselves and they had to believe in us executing, you know, but, and they took a certain amount of risks. So I have tremendous respect for people who joined in the first thousand, first hundred, first four thousand, first seven thousand, eight thousand. And even right now, like, you know, even at like whatever thousand we have right now, um, it still feels like, you know, oh, I'm used to going to this office and someone reviewing my paperwork. How is this technology going to do it for me? All right. There is like this jump that you have to make, right? Because it's literally self-serve with us, right? Like, of course, there's support. Of course, there are brokers, but you run your show. And everything is in the palm of your hands. Your whole deal, you could be on a kayak and close a deal with real, literally. <laughs> right? Like, I, I'm not kidding. Like, if you use real title, real mortgage, you could be on a kayak and you close a deal because everything will be on your app, right? Um, it's all integrated. But I, it's all integrated, like, and, and, and it's getting better. Um, <laughs> but going back to again, like that, that those goalposts, right? So the goalpost number two was like brokerage automation and, and if we didn't strategically build out these pieces, then we can't do anything like Leo, which is the AI technology. Like today, if you go to Leo and say, hey, Leo, what do I need to do to close this deal? It will literally say, on your deal, buyer Adam doesn't have a phone number. As if. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Our Agent Podcast, the number one real estate podcast in the world. If you could do us a quick favor, we don't monetize this. All we ask is that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It helps us reach more real estate agents with great information on how they can win in their local market today. If you go over to iTunes, leave us a quick review, write up something quickly that would mean the world to Vikerman and I. Let's hop into the show. 
I find that adoption for new technology can be one of the hardest things for real estate agents, especially like that have spent the majority of their careers. And this isn't just a real estate thing. This is, I think it's just a human psychology thing Sure. where adoption of new technology can be something that is extremely hard. Like chat GPT has been out for a year and people like scary. have kind of adopted it, but it feels scary. And, and you, with you saying, Hey, we're going to put everything in the palm of your hand for the real estate transaction. There are people that still won't take Ubers it's kind of like, cause that's how I kind of see it. I see it as the Uber of the real estate industry, but there was a slow adoption towards even u- using Uber as a, as a technology platform that allows you to essentially save time by, you know, and that's really what you're doing. You're, you're, you're helping the agent save time, which is time is like one of the most valuable assets. But how do you, A, attract the people that want to adopt that mindset? And then B, how do you, as you roll out new things and new technology, how do you get the an agent or a human being to adopt that technology to get them to understand that this can make their lives better? See, this is a great question. So first of all, we have an advantage. Our advantage is that you join real, you don't want to use the app, you can close the deal. So there's a natural advantage where you have to use our stuff. So so, so there was a hard transition for people who used to use Skyslope and they're like, oh my God, I got to get used to this new thing, right? But all the new people who come in, they just like deal with it. They, they come in, they learn the new stuff and they go with it, right? So that there's a natural adoption to the funnel goes into the app, right? Uh, or the desktop app or whatever. Uh, I think I think step two is like we are extremely data-driven. So for example, we launched Leo 2.0. Before the launch, we had KPIs set up. What is success, right? Success of all the work that we have done. What usage needs to go to where we will feel like we were successful, right? And at launch, we have our BI platform, our business intelligence platform already set up to track all the data. So within hours, I already know, like while you guys were listening to like the next person talk on stage, I was tracking that data on my phone (laughs) to see if it was going up. And we know for a fact right now that the usage is already doubled, right? Now, Now, we could consider that a success, but the way I see it is I don't know yet. I was, my gut feeling said it should triple. And now we are having our BI team analyze how many people log in on a daily basis, how many people of, out of those people, how many people have open transactions and have they asked at least one question to Leo about that transaction. And right. if they have, if they have, if they have, and if the answer is yes, then I will consider it a, it's a success. But if they haven't even bothered to ask Leo something for per transaction, one question, we will iterate on our UI and our UX to almost force a question until we know that they know about the feature and it's adopted and we see consistent usage go up, right? So we'll, so so there's like this, you know, perseverance that you just have to have and you kind of have to iterate. You cannot just like check a checkbox. This is not a check out checkbox company. Like, oh, we launched it. That's it. It's good. Yeah, right. It becomes very difficult to you know, manage 14,000 real estate agents without really understanding on a deep level, like what they like, what they don't like, you know, consumer, like your know, research around the agent to really get them to, to, to build something that they'll actually love. Like, I guess like I, I have a, a really interesting question that I, you know, I want to get your perspective on how, how are you as a technology you know, officer for 14,000 agents currently. And, you know, by the time this goes up, who knows what you guys will be at, but how do you 
how how would you say that a real estate agent could take the things that you do on a daily basis, such as like, you know, setting KPIs and and really trying to understand the agent, trying to provide the massive value? How can they equate what you do for them to what they can do for their clients? I mean, this industry is, if you look at the demographic of this industry, it's all over the place, you know. But I always say the Instagrammers are coming. And they're here, right? They're so here. there is like, the, there is obvious demographic distribution on this company. So different people use technology differently, right? It's um, I've seen people, I've seen agents who um, struggle even using email, right? Uh, or text messaging. And I've seen the agents like literally do the whole deal on Instagram messaging, right? Like it's like all over the place. So so the answer is a little little difficult to to give out, which is how can agents and their consumers translate, like how can agents translate what we do with technology with their consumers, right? And I think this is our job. Like I don't think the I don't think the agents can like duct tape 15 different technologies to create an experience for their buyers and say this is like Wickham special, right? The problem is that if and when that breaks, right, it's his name attached to it. And and yep. the buyer's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I sent you a message yesterday. You still didn't get it. And there's like frustration that builds up and there's too much risk for them to do that. So very few adventurous people will, will put their clients on like technology that they are experimenting with or whatever, right? But we totally. have the resources to build an incredible experience for Vikram, right? Or for all our agents, right? So from our perspective, like I said, we could stop right now, not do anything, that will be fine. We have a transaction platform that closes, we close like most more than 500 transactions a day or maybe more even now. And and we don't even have people like, we have like nine or 10 people doing this thing. It's like, it's all automated, right? <laughs> Nearly everything is automated. So, That's so wild. we could stop right now. And all I would have to do is maintain, like you, you know, get bug reports, maintain it, improve it a little bit, but it's done, right? However, that's not what we started this for. So from our perspective, we will continue to improve, maintain, and build new things for the for the brokerage. But uh, we, our goal is to build an incredible consumer experience, which is keeps the agent in the center of the transaction and puts in like pieces around them for their use. And and the ideal consumer experience will make it so that the agent can pick and choose what they want to use, like. You know, you guys know that not every agent is going to use real mortgage. Not every agent is going to use real title. We get it. All right. We don't need every agent to use real title, real mortgage. We just win a couple percentage points, and that will be more than what the brokerage makes right now. Right? It's like from an economic standpoint, like we don't need massive penetration. We don't need hundred percent adoption. Right? We need hundred right. percentage adoptions, and it changes the game for us. But it doesn't happen just because we have a title company. People, I mean, there will be some motivation, but not everybody's going to jump up and say like. Give me your title. We build an incredible experience and Vikram invites his buyer on the app and the buyer is having fun using the app and then say, hey, you want a guaranteed closing? Here's an option. Here are comparables and here's how much you're saving and make it easy for them to understand. And they click right. real title. Boom. Everybody's a star here. Right. Everybody's a star. I, I get that there are partnerships in place already. I get that there are there might be financial motivations in place for agents to make decisions. Like all that. But like remember there are agents who do hundred deals a year. There are agents who do two hundred deals a year. Then there are agents who do three deals a year. Yep. The three deals a year agent, it's not the same as the other deals a year agent. Those will those agents will be very happy to be part of this experience. And then it's so much easier because those agents don't have like you know, like you said, we had partnerships with 
people all over the board with everything. Yeah. And we had longstanding relationships that I don't know, you know, that would be easy to break right out the gate. But like you said, hey, we'll take a percentage because we know that our partnerships don't send everything to us. They have other partnerships. So, hey, guys, you know, and this is this is something for a lot of agents. They think that they have to send everything to that one person because that one person sent them something. And the law of reciprocity doesn't say you have to send everything. So you could give real title. You can give real mortgage. You can do these things in-house and try it out and then try to work a system that works for you because there is a, from an incentive standpoint, there is an incentive to use some of these other things. I want to switch gears here real quick because I know we all got to wrap up. Um, We had a couple of tech issues starting at the beginning. Um, How does the technology from an agent attraction, right? Because there's a lot of agents out there. I was one of them. I had a title company. I had an escrow company. I had a mortgage company. I had my brokerage, right? They were all separate and there was no... I didn't get anything like I got some some advertising dollars from this guy and that guy and this guy and they would help me with my parties. But at the end of the day, I, I spent a few hundred thousand dollars with my brokerage and I never got a penny back from them. Right. I, in fact, it was it was painful sometimes because I was like, we are doing so much. Can you guys throw us a bone? And the, the answer was always like, no. So from an agent attraction standpoint, because that's the name of the game at the end of the day is how do we, the, the reason that this podcast exists is how do we help agents make more money? And now that I realize that there's a better model out there, how does real help agents long-term and why would an agent, you know, like why would it make sense for an agent to join a model where their partners, not only with their brokerage, but their partners with somebody like me, their upline who can help them with training, who can help them with mindset, who can help them feel like they're not alone in their old brick and mortar brokerage. You know, I think again, like I'm sure that Sharon will probably answer this question better than I will. But um, my we answer want, is we, like, we, we want we want hashtag forget Pratesh's answer dancing on a speaker at the yeah. neon party. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, listen. My perspective is two things. One is we are probably one of the most competitive brokerages out there. You know, why can we, like, what does that mean? The agent gets to keep most of their cash with them, right? You literally don't pay us anything if you're not doing business. I think that, like, and I know an argument can be made that you have, like, we have brokerage fees. But those brokerage fees don't kick in if you don't do a deal, right? So that's one. So so out of the gate, you're probably just, like, you know, saving some money somewhere. Uh, And two is you get to keep most of your money. Like our caps are like, you know, the biggest cap we have is $12,000. So beyond that, it's all yours, right? For the most part. Um, three is we can help you scale. So what people don't see is the intangible. Let me give you an example. You're in a traditional brokerage, right? And you need to get a commission document. So there are a couple of ways to do it. One is you can email them. They'll send you the commission document. Uh, or you need to pick up your check. And you can you can email them. They, they may wire it to you. But I've heard cases where people drive to brick and mortar and, and you know, they'll get the documents or they'll have some query and they'll like figure it out. Nobody takes into account the time and the gas spent doing just, just doing that. Yeah. Right. But those are Ouch. the kind of efficiencies that are invisible that nobody even thinks. Like we talked about like closing a deal on a kayak, try doing that. Right. And, <laughs> and then the, and then the last piece is like, I think, I think the law of large numbers is kicking in for us. 
really fast. So what does that mean? The bigger the brokerage, the more dollars are available for us to innovate. So uh-huh. my budget, 2024 budget is way bigger than my 2021 budget, 2022 budget, right? Yeah. And that's because the company is prospering. We have more cash. We can do things. But the commitment is to build new things. That's where the big the big deal is. So all the stuff that we build from now on, your consumer app. Um, yeah, sure, you, you can choose to not use it. But, but if you do, it just makes you look special. The all real right. wallet, for example. It's another so piece of technology that we didn't have to build. But imagine having a Venmo in your app. Like it's literally that. It's literally your own personal Venmo in, in the real app. And the more business you do, you're building credit with real. Like the 10 minutes that, you know, that Tamir had to like announce that idea, it was, it's, it's going to be a big thing next year. But the more business you do with Rio, the more trust we have, data-driven trust. It's not human-driven trust, it's data-driven trust. The more, right. the bigger your app share, the bigger investments in your stock profile, the more your commission profile, your history, your consistency of your commissions, the consistency of your closing the deal, all of that builds into this credit profile which is now almost like a predictable paycheck for you. So all of this is an investment. We don't have to do this, but like this is where we can innovate, right? So yeah, tech, tech people always tend to have an insight into the future. So I, I want to end with this one last question. Um, where do you feel like the real estate industry is headed over the next five to 10 years? And what are some things that agents, that team leads, that you know, uh, lar- large teams that are running uh, large operations need to be thinking about and need to be putting their their eyes on in order to continue to grow, uh, whether it be in the online space, whether it be the offline space, whether it be you know increased profits. Like, wh- what do you feel like is going to be the biggest shift that happens over the next five to ten years in real estate? Well, I'll before I answer that question, like I know the answer is going to be controversial. Right, like it's it's an opinion. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but I think the Zillows of the world are not going anywhere. I think they no. will probably just become bigger and bigger. Right, um, they've got their own strategy of the super app or the consumer app. Right, um, I do think that the traditional brick and mortar brokerages, I think they're dead. I think it's over. I think the party's over. It's it's going to keep keep dropping over the next five to ten years. I think maybe even more aggressively. Yeah, because of recent yeah. rules and rule changes and stuff like that, I think it might become more aggressive. And they have fixed costs that cannot change. Yeah. We have no cost. So a cloud-based brokerage makes sense in this modern world. Um, it's like the whole Netflix versus Blockbuster move. Yeah, right here, right? It's happening right in front of us, in my opinion. So um, agents are not going anywhere. I do think that it's the most expensive purchase of everybody's lives, almost everyone's lives. And there's need, there needs to be some coaching and then some contract negotiation help and stuff like that that goes along the way that the agent provides. That doesn't go right. away. I don't think that can go away. Um, but I do think that the the value shift, the you know, for the for the the dollar shift for the values provided, I think it's going to balance out pretty well. Like you know, if if I am providing brokerage compliance value, there is a value to it. Do I need an office to do that in this modern world? I think that's the question to ask. And essentially what you're really doing, if you go to a traditional brokerage as an agent, you are paying for the rent of this office. Yep. It's literally what you're doing, right? Yeah, you're paying you're for paying, the staff, you're paying for the rent, you're paying, you're paying for, the, for staff, the electricity. Everything that you're not using. Yep. Right. But you would rather 
take that money and build your own office, host your own clients, put your own brand on it, right? Build your own business, book of business, and leverage technology exactly like Uber in many yep. ways, right? Or Shopify um, is another way of thinking about it, right? So I think what I think what we're building is not a quote-unquote cloud brokerage. It's it's a, it's way more than that. And and I think like the five-year plan will kind of unveil, five to seven-year plan will unveil the whole shebang. But what we what we have right now is stable stakes, is what I keep saying internally. And like, this is no, no time to throw a party. Like, great job. You built what everybody else has. You just built it yourself. But now is the real test of time. Now is when we innovate. Now is the true innovation. So far, yes, we have innovated. Don't get me wrong. Like, we have an app. You can do the whole business on our app. You don't need to go anywhere. We built all homegrown. We have AI. We have everything else that we've built. But in my mind, all of this was stable stakes. Now what we will do further, like to take this to the next level is what keeps me up at night, right? Like it gets me, I wake up every morning with like next level energy. I don't need any drink, no coffee, nothing. I can just go because I'm like excited to go the next day, right? So I think we're just getting started. Yeah, man. And you know what you said, and and it's 100% true. We, when we were in business, we had our own space. We had our own office. We had our own infrastructure because I wanted to run my team my way. And what I'm seeing now in not just with real, but other cloud brokerage spaces is that the money that people used to spend now that they're getting a piece of that back, they're investing into their own infrastructure. They're going out and getting their own office space. They're going out and getting their own signage. They're putting their name on their own doors. And so it becomes their brokerage. It becomes their business. It becomes their brand instead of the brick and mortars and they're doing it the way they want and they're okay with the added expense, right? They are, I call it an investment, but you know, let's call it the expense. They're okay with that because they're getting revenue back, which is covering that. And it allows them to have a better experience for themselves, for their teams. And what the other cool thing is that we're seeing agents starting to join each other and what, like what you'd call maybe like a market center. And there's three or four or five agents that see the same way. They run similar style businesses. They have similar ethos in business and they're creating their own office space to, to have the synergy that they were lacking in their brick and mortar because they were like, well, we hate going to our office because it's always kind of negative, but now they love going just like you to their office because it's exactly what they've always wanted. Yeah. So- it's pretty no, cool, man. So um, where where do people find you, brother, in the World Wide Web, if they ever want to reach out and um, say hello, see I your dance moves? Way, you can just stay on Instagram on Forget Protect. And, and by the way, the name Forget Protect, like I, I don't like you know the history behind it, but it was coined last year at the conference because I, I was explaining to them that technology is invisible, right? When you walk into your house and you flip the light switch and, and everything just works and the light turns on, you have just taken for granted years and years of engineering and technology and physics, and you're upset when it doesn't work, right? <laughs> it is one of the most complex things in science, and you just take it for granted, right? And I think that is the job of technology. You are supposed to take things for granted. So, um, so I said, like, I hope you guys forget about me someday because things will just work and you will not need to complain to me anymore. <laughs> so then someone com- coined this hashtag forget Pitesh, and I actually thought that was the ethos. That was like really a cool name that they came up with. So I just adopted it because that's what I stand for. It's like, I'm not looking for fame. Like 
I just want people to forget me so I can move on in my life. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so brother. profound. That's so profound. Pratesh, you know, from the bottom of Vikram Mai's heart, thank you for joining us today on the R Agent Podcast. Uh, it was a ton, a ton of fun. And uh, I yeah. want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Origin Podcast. If you got any value at today, uh, highly encourage you to leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a review on Spotify. We don't monetize these podcasts. All we ask is that we have the opportunity and we have the ability to reach more real estate agents with great information around how they win in their local market today. I want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode. Thank you again, Pratesh. Cody, we we, yeah. we are we, we, we are open to sponsorship <laughs> opportunities. Pratesh, I know you have a big budget. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, like this is we like- got to put it out there. We got to put it out there, man. But if you maybe, maybe not for real, but if you know of a company that might want to sponsor like real title or real mortgage, I'm just saying we have a lot of listeners that are in the real estate space. (laughs) This is when I get the same life in a sentence. You ready? I'm just a tech guy. I'm just a tech guy. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will see you on the next one. We'll see y'all soon.